0: Sometimes we think when the wind blows outside that it's a bad thing. Oh man, it's windy today. Hey, I like it when it's a windy day. It's stirring things. It's knocking those dead branches way at the top of the tree. It's knocking that stuff out. It's cleaning things up a little bit. All that dust on the sidewalk, it's blowing it off. It's cleaning it up a little bit. It's good to have a stirring in your life. I think you're going through a stirring season and I would lean into it and not run away from it what's up everybody welcome back to the podcast episode 173 thanks for watching and listening wherever you're coming from whatever platform wherever in the world you are I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad to do this. I answer your questions. You email me, GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com and I can answer it the best I can. No notes in front of me. I'm not prepared. I don't have a book ready. I don't have uh, some kind of uh, system that I'm working with here. I'm just talking like we're just two friends and you just say, hey, can I run something by you? And I'm not always right when I give you an answer, but I'm gonna give it to you the best I know how as if we're in the cab of a truck. And you got a question and I I would assume that you would deliver the same kind of answer back to me if I had a question for you. Okay, let's get to the first email. There is no order. There is no system I'm running with here. Subject line of this first one says, girlfriend wants to sleep in separate bedrooms. Hey, Granger, I'm a new 2023 listener here and one that needs your help. My girlfriend, age 21, and I, age 25, have been dating for about two years. I live in South Carolina. She moved down in May 2022 after her graduation and moved in with me. All has been well since. Over the past few weeks, I've been taking strides to reconnect with God with her support. went to kindergarten through eighth grade in Christian school, but it I fell out of touch. We agreed to start sleeping in separate bedrooms out of an effort to preserve our relationship for marriage and stay true to God's message to the extent that we can that we can going forward. This was a mutual decision, but one that she suggested. Based on my religious childhood, recent reintroduction, and I see her point and I agreed. We plan to reevaluate at the end of the month and assess if this concept is one that we should continue our relationship as a whole is in a good spot, uh, but as the days tick by, I'm having doubts to how this ends. We love each other and we intend to take the next step in marriage, but I cannot picture us living together and sleeping in separate bedrooms until that point. Is someone moving out, but the relationship is maintained? Let me read that question again. Is someone moving out, but the relationship is maintained? Question mark. If you were me, what would you do, and what would the next step be? Dig at me. Hope this. you read this message. God bless, Jordan. All right, Jordan. Thanks for kicking off the podcast today. Uh, let me recap for my own brain here. You are 25. She's 21. You've been dating for two years, and... You guys, when did you start living together? That's what I'm looking for here. For the past few weeks been taken tried to reconnect. So okay, okay, after her graduation. So you've been dating for two years and it, I'm gonna guess that you've been living together for about a year. and then these past few weeks, you've been sleeping in separate bedrooms. According to your words, in an effort to preserve our relationship for marriage and stay true to God's message, to the extent that we can, we can going forward. Um, okay, got it. We're going to walk through this together, um, Jordan. Like we're in the cab of a truck, we're driving down a county road, and you say, "Man, let me run something by you." That's how I'm going to. That's how I'm going to answer this, and that's how I'm going to. That's how I'm going to tell you. And as you said, dig at me. So let me dig. First question I have to you hypothetically is, you say we love each other and intend to take the next step in marriage. Okay. My first question is, what's the holdup? You're you're good age. You're 25. You're a quarter of a century old. You are in love. uh, You've been dating for two years. What's the holdup? Like that's what I'm asking you at the cab of the tracks. The first question what are you doing, bro? What like What's taking so long? What are you waiting on? you waiting on the excuses that the world's going to tell you. No, we need to save up a little bit more money. I'm waiting on this new job. I'm She's waiting to finish up nursing school. We're going to, you know, there's like all these, we're going to waiting to pay the car off. Like these are all these, oh, okay. Here's the worst. We're waiting for the wedding venue of her dreams to open up and they don't have an availability until October of two years from now. Or waiting to make her wedding dress, it takes 18 months to sew it. <laughs> I mean, this all that's dumb. Those are dumb reasons. I get it though. I mean, I, I, mean, I live in this world. I'm, I get it. Uh, but I'm just saying, if you just take a step back and you just look at the whole picture, like those are dumb reasons. Um, but even further than that, you're not even engaged yet. So why, why have you not even asked her? Why is this not your fiance? Jordan, I'm digging at you, man. What's up with that? Do you have a dumb excuse? Probably, right? You're going to tell me a dumb excuse, aren't you? Okay. Um, Second thing. First of all, and let's also say that just long engagements are just ridiculous. You've been dating two years, you love her, you're going to get married. Why a long engagement? You know, I mean, all these problems are solved if you're just like, hey, let's go to the courthouse and there's people listening to this podcast just screaming at me like no that's the quickest way to divorce just go to the courthouse and but really i mean love is a decision we're not going to we're not going to sit there and have these butterflies the rest of our life at some point we're going to go okay i'm deciding i love this girl i'm attracted to her I, I i i love her family name a name a bunch of other reasons whatever i decide to make her my wife. I'm deciding that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her, and I'm deciding that I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to give her my word. I'm going to make a commitment through sickness and in health and all the other things that they say at the altar. I'm I'm going to decide with my brain to make this commitment, and I'm not going to back out of it. Instead of the, uh, the alternative is, I'm just going with the flow. I'm just going with my gut, going with going with my feelings, following, following my dreams. That's Hollywood. You, you, we make a decision. We make a decision to love and be committed to it. There's, there's a deep emotion that attracts us and that opens our eyes to it. And then once we see it, we go, man, I'm in love and, and this girl checks the boxes that I need and, and I want to pour myself into her, right? Like it's it's time for me to open up and serve her and I'll make that decision to serve her. That's, that's it. I mean, we, we're overthinking everything else. So now let's get into your dating and you're living with her and you're sleeping in separate bedrooms. Why are you, are you doing that? Um, let me guess, you're trying to save money, trying to save on some rent. Um, you got tired of driving across town to drop her off. Um, you were sleeping in the same bedroom. Now you're deciding to reconnect with God. So it's just more convenient just to go into the next bedroom instead of go and get another apartment, man. I'm totally with you. I'm human. Just like you. And I hear, I hear those excu- kinds of excuses ringing in my own ears, and it's like, yeah, part of me goes, yeah, it makes that makes sense. But we're not talking about part of me here, right? We're talking about what's right. So what worries me about this whole thing that we've talked about is that you are thinking it's not going to work out in the long term for some reason because of this, as if as if the marriage was hinging on this little time when you're sleeping in separate bedrooms you say our relationship as a whole is in a good spot but as the days tick by i'm having doubts how this ends what what does that mean we love each other and intend to take our next step in marriage but i cannot picture living us living together and sleeping in separate bedrooms until that point why two questions two questions very simply first question is then then why are you going to wait i understand you you love this girl and you want to jump her okay then go to the courthouse why are you waiting so long what where's the ring where's the proposal where's the quick engagement it solves this problem for you you see the problem solved second question if something is stopping you from getting married right now do you think that it's going to prevent you from marrying this girl, a girl that you say you love, spend the rest of your life with, and it's it's going to be ruined for these next few months because you can't go get it on with her in the next room? You hear how that sounds? You hear how, how ridiculous that sounds? Is she not worth it to you? Is your... Manly instinct, more important to you than her dignity, her respect, her honor, a true, selfless love for her, as you, your, your selfish, selfish, manly desire, fleshly desire, is that more important to you than honoring her? That giving, giving her this gift for the rest of her life so you could say, I honor you, I honor God and, and my love for you over just sex right now, the same sex that we'll actually have when we're married. Is that is, is that what you're saying? It is what you're saying. I'm acting very nice on this podcast, but that's what you're saying. You're saying, I love her. I want to spend the rest of my life with her. I honor God. But I don't think I could go. I could go very much longer without having sex with her. So I just don't think this whole thing's going to work out. Might have to find another girlfriend, one that just lets me do whatever I want. Because when I want to get it on, I want to get it on. That's what's happening here, man. And so because because I'm giving, trying to give you some, I'm trying to give you the best tough love I can as a friend. And I would hope that you would give me the same thing back because sometimes when we're you're, you're in a situation, we can't see it. When we're on the outside, it's really easy to see and I said, I've said a lot. Let's move on to another question. Subject line, this next one says career advice. Email says, hey, Granger, love the podcast. It's helped me a lot. I'm Nathan from Southern Illinois. I have a question about how to get started in a career. So I want to be a conservation officer slash game warden. I've been a, while I have a wildlife management degree, uh, I've been outdoors my whole life. Wildlife is my passion. I don't know where to start though. I've contacted my local conservation officers, but the hardest part is that there are 50 states and I don't know what to research or how to do so. That's just so many possibilities. My family is not big on talking about my personal, emotional things, and they're not very supportive. On top of that, I'm trying to build my relationship with God and Christ and make that better, although I'm struggling with dealing with being single. So all three problems are making this very difficult. I'd just like some advice from a Christian standpoint. Sorry for being a three-part question. Thanks for Everything I appreciate it. Yee ye, Nathan. I, I was uh, when I read these questions, y'all. I'm reading it for the first time as you're hearing it for the first time. So I'm processing what I'm hearing, just like you are on the podcast. And I'm like, as the as the question got more complex, I'm like, man, I thought those were just career advice, and it's gotten deeper. We got family involved now. We got faith involved now. Um, Let me back up and go to the second two questions. Okay, your first one's dealing with being a conservation officer, game warden. And then the second part starts into this whole, my family's not big on talking about personal, emotional things, and they're not very supportive. Your third question is, I'm trying to build my relationship with God and make that better. And then kind of a fourth question that you didn't mention is you say, and I'm struggling with dealing with being single. So there's really four things going on here. <laughs> I, I'm, and and I, don't, I don't think like the family thing, um, that's just going to come with the confidence of you dealing with these other things. Okay. Um, your, your family not being, not talking about emotional things and being supportive and you being a game warden is, I'm gonna make that irrelevant to this conversation because you're gonna do this no matter what. You don't need their emotional and verbal support. You don't need that unless you're six years old, you're not. The struggling with being single part, um, okay, I'm going to put I'm going to put that in the category of the game warden thing too. And I'm going to say I'm going to say let's nail down this job thing. Because we got we can't deal with the single thing first until we get the job thing figured out because this is going to give you a lot of confidence as you start stepping into your own into this field, okay? And then lastly, the fourth thing and the most important thing is your relationship with God. And that's kind of came out of this email, just completely out of the blue. Um, on top of that, I'm trying to build my relationship with God and Christ better. That's, that's exactly what you typed. I don't know how many episodes in a row I've gone down this same route, and I'll do it again. When someone says to me, I'm trying to build this Namely, faith, or as you say, relationship with God. I need some advice on how to do that. Typically, every Monday, every podcast, I reference this, I say this. Replace that word faith or God. In your case, it's God building a relationship. Replace that with anything else in life. For instance, Granger, I'm trying to build a rock wall in my backyard. Can you help me with this? <laughs> right? All we did was change rock wall for relationship with God. I would say, what are you doing? Tell me first, let's get it, let's get a base level here, right? What are you doing first with this rock wall? Granger, I'm trying to build a rock wall in my backyard and I need some advice. You say, I'm trying to build. You didn't say, eventually I want to build or tomorrow I'm going to start building. You say, I'm currently, that's what that word trying means. I'm trying to build a relationship with God. Change that. I'm trying to build a rock wall in my backyard. Can you give me some advice? I say, tell me your base level. What are you doing right now? You say, well, first I'm collecting the appropriate size rocks. I'm like, good. Okay. Then I'm going to stack the rocks in order of how they're going to stack on the wall themselves. Cool. Then I'm going to measure the the height that I want to go to and and do some quick math to make sure I have enough rocks. Cool. Then I am going to set the ground level and make sure we're level before I start bringing in, bringing in the mortar. Cool. Like that would be a normal conversation. And I go, okay, here's, now here's a little thing on the mortar thing. I want to make sure that you get a good water mix before you start mixing that mud. And, and do you have a wheelbarrow? Or are you just doing this in a bucket? Or are you going to do it in the dirt, right? These are, this is be a normal conversation on advice on how to build a rock wall. You tracking what if he said that, what if it went this way? Hey, Granger, I'm trying to build a rock wall in my backyard. I need some advice. And I, and I say, cool, tell me base level. What are you doing? And you go, I mean, nothing really, not, not really doing anything. I say, okay, well, that is a base level. You're not doing anything. Like, do you have a shovel? Like, yeah, I've got a shovel I haven't picked it up in a long time. I think I think it's in the garage. I'm like, okay. Do you have rocks? And you're like, I'm pretty sure my grandpa used to have rocks, and so I'm pretty sure most of them are still out there. I'm like, okay. What about wheelbarrow? I, to be honest, Granger, I've never really used a wheelbarrow. I, there might be one behind the shed. But even if there was, it probably has a flat tire, right? Okay, so that'd be a normal conversation. Let's switch it to God and answer your God question in the same way. Granger, here's your exact question. I'm trying to build my relationship with God. What is some advice? So then I say, what are you doing? Let's start there. And ultimately, the beginning of that should always start with, instead of rocks it starts with surrender i'm i've come to a point of complete surrender god i i need you i need your help i'm hungry to learn more about you there's something missing in me and i hear on this podcast that there that there is an answer with you and i want you to show that to me i'm going to give up trying everything else around me worldly i'm going to completely open my hands, open my palms upward and say, come into my life and just re- rework everything, right? That's a good start. And then I say, okay, great. Do you have a Bible? And you're like, yeah, I think so. It's out in the garage, it's dusty. And I say, let's let's get a reading plan going. It's got a solid reading plan where you're waking up in the morning every day and you're getting up early and you're opening up that Bible and you're getting a hot cup of coffee before the sun comes up and you go, okay, here we go. This is where I left off from yesterday. Here I'm coming on to Matthew chapter three. I read two yesterday. I'm going to read three today and i am going to read four tomorrow. And I'm going to really start working through this and reading. And if I don't understand it, I'm going to Google something or I'm going to YouTube something to try to understand it better. And then I'm going to get plugged in with a local church. Do you have a local church? Grandpa used to go to one but I'm not sure where it is. Maybe, maybe I could go and figure it out and see what grandpa did there and get plugged in and maybe meet the pastor and just be vulnerable and just tell him, Hey, I'm Nathan from Southern Illinois. And I'm just not really used to going to church and this is all new to me, but I'm hungry for it. And I'd like to start learning. Can you tell me where to start? And the pastor's like, absolutely. What are you interested in? And let's get you plugged in. And let me introduce you to a couple people and services at 9 a.m. on Sunday. You think you can come? And you're like, yeah, do, do I have to get dressed up? And he's like, No, man, you just come, come in your boots and your jeans. That'd be just fine. And and uh bring that. You got a Bible and you're like, Yeah, actually I just dusted it off. I started reading, I'm in Matthew three. And he's like, Great, bring it, bring it with you. We'll talk about it. And then he's like, You might have to pray with you real quick. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, but I'd like that very much. Does that sound? Does that sound right to you? That seems. I mean, it's not complicated. It's like building a brick wall. What do you do? You start with the rocks. Building anything on a less important matter, the game warden thing. I could I just point out that it sounds like. You have other things that are distracting you from jumping into something like this—the family issue, the God issue, the being single and not content issue—is kind of bleeding over into the searching for the new job issue. And it sounds like you—you you have a—you're in a season of restlessness right now. There's just kind of there's a stirring going on within you, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Sometimes we think when the wind blows outside that it's a bad thing. Oh man, it's windy today. Hey, I like it when it's a windy day. It's stirring things. It's knocking those dead branches way at the top of the tree. It's knocking that stuff out. It's cleaning things up a little bit. All that dust on the sidewalk, it's blowing it off. It's cleaning it up a little bit. It's good to have a stirring in your life. I think you're going through a stirring season and I would lean into it and not run away from it. Does that make sense? I think when you get some of the stuff figured out and you, and you get plugged in and you get the dust knocked off of that Bible and you go meet that pastor, I think this game warden thing is going to start, start becoming a little more clear for you. Let's take a break. Be right back. Podcast today is brought to you guys by Omaha Steaks. If you're ever looking for a unique, gift idea, something that actually matters, something that you could actually get satisfaction in. And I'm talking about that kind of gift that you can get for yourself. Hey, I don't know a better thing for me when I than when I open the door to my porch and I look out there and I see a box of flash frozen Omaha steaks. That gets me excited. I don't like going to the grocery store. I don't like planning that far ahead and 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 taking steaks home and getting the meat and putting it in my refrigerator. I like to just open up my door and like, oh yeah, I forgot I ordered Omaha steaks. There's dinner tonight. You know, every steak and every entree is flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and ready to share with your family. Every steak and every entree is backed by your unconditional 100% money back guarantee. I love that. So kick off 2023 with more flavor and more savings. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to stock up on all your favorites. Go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code Granger at checkout and get $30 off your order. Save up to 55% on select Omaha Steak customer favorites. Buy more and save more when you stock up on these mouthwatering items. That's $30 off an endless variety of gourmet choices from perfectly aged tender steaks to juicy burgers, Decadent desserts and classic comfort meals. Everybody's guaranteed perfect. Visit omahasteaks.com and enter Granger at checkout to get $30 off your order. Omaha Steaks just isn't steak. It's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. There's a reason why Omaha Steaks has been the leader of gourmet steaks and food since 1917. No one comes close to matching the flavor, tenderness, and value of Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use that promo code Granger at checkout to get extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Podcast also brought to you all by Fabric. You know, if you need a New Year's resolution idea, I got a suggestion. Stop putting it off and finally get that life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life is an easy, all-online solution you've been waiting for. It's super simple. From people like me that just don't want to have to go into a place and sit there and talk to somebody and have an appointment, there's a different way. If you want to get your financial future organized, look at Fabric by Gerber Life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric's new lower cost could mean potentially significant savings over other providers with great quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. That's crazy. Also, it only takes less than 10 minutes to apply, see your quote, and then personalize your quote to fit your family's needs. You could be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. You guys have all heard of Gerber Life. They've been trusted by millions of families like yours and mine for over 50 years. Protect your family today with fabric by Gerber Life. Apply today in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com/granger. That's meetfabric.com/granger. M E E T fabric.com/granger. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. And then, for the last few weeks, you've heard about this podcast being brought to you by Cozy Earth. And we got some new Cozy Earth sheets and bedding in the mail. And Amber absolutely loves it. She's like, what is this stuff? Did you get it for your podcast? And I was like, yeah, you like it? It's Cozy Earth. She's like, I love it. It's craft luxury goods that transform your lifestyle. They've been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things. All products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. They all come with a 10-year warranty. It's been temperature regulated, which we really need in the heat of the summer and the cold of the winter. They offer premium bath products, made from viscose, from Bamboo. They offer a plush collection as well as their new waffle collection. The stuff is really good, but Amber, my wife, could attest even more than me because she took it out of the box quickly and just started putting it on her bed. I was like, oh, I guess, I guess she likes it. But it's really soft and really comfortable. Cozy Earth provides an exclusive offer for my listeners today. 35% off site wide when you use the code GRANGER at cozyearth.com. That's code GRANGER to get 35% off site-wide at CozyEarth.com. Back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back. Diving back into these questions, just rocking it. If you have a question for me, email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. Could be about any subject. I ask that you don't make it longer than like a phone length and that you don't send the same email twice. It just gets deleted. Um, other than that, Free reign. Ask me anything you want. Could be about any subject. Here's one right now. Subject line says, Songwriting. Hey, Granger. I live in Chilliwack, British Columbia. I've been a huge fan of your music for years. I don't have a favorite song of yours because I love so many of them. I've been thinking about writing my own music, but I'm not sure where to start. Could you help me? I would really appreciate it. This comes from Lincoln. He's 15 years old. Lincoln, thank you, brother. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first thing in songwriting that I would say, the first piece of advice is learn an instrument. Piano, guitar. I say that 2023 is the, probably the best time ever in the history of musical instruments. This is the best time to learn one because of this, this such a wide, vast accessibility of lessons for free on the internet. You can learn how to play guitar from TikTok. You can learn how to play guitar easily from YouTube. Or same with piano, and it's all free. You got to skip through a couple ads every once in a while, but it's free other than that. And it's just a really good time to go down to your local music store, or Facebook Marketplace, or Craigslist, or a pawn shop, or whatever, or your grandmother, like I did, and get a little guitar, get a little keyboard, head some headphones when you start learning an instrument that will open up the world of songwriting do that first learn your way around chords and progressions play your favorite songs on the radio play your favorite songs wherever you love to hear them and learn them well learn to sing along with them and that is the first step in understanding the craft of songwriting itself next email. There is no subject. And the question says, Hey, Granger, I just discovered your podcast a small while ago, find it very inspiring. My name is Trudy. I'm 19 and engaged. And I work in a bakery. I don't feel passionate about my work. And I have a hard time getting up and going to work in the morning. I was a high school dropout. And my dream is to have a job that I feel passionate about. I've applied at several places, and none have contacted me even though it's been several months. Do you have any advice on how to obtain a job that I would like, despite me not having graduated? Look, look forward to maybe hearing from you. Thanks. All right, Trudy, thank you for the email, and uh, thanks for recently discovering the podcast. Um, they, this high school dropout thing—it's a thing of the past for you. It's not a—it's not a—it's not a roadblock. It's not a hindrance to you. Um, there's a couple ways to look at it. One, it sounds like it sounds like you are mentally held back by this being a dropout thing. I would I would counsel you if we're friends to say, and we are friends by the way. To say because of that obstacle in your mind because you're not because you're not coming across on this email saying, look, I didn't finish high school, but that doesn't matter because I'm doing this 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 this. That's not you. Because of that, I would say you're going to pursue a GED online. You're going to get that diploma online and you're going to continue to work in the bakery while you do it. You have a good job. A lot of people don't have a good job. This is, this is a secure thing. You might not be passionate about it, but that's okay. It, 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 careers are kind of like relationships in 2023 as far as when we see things on social media and we see influencers talking and we watch movies and we just, we see this idea that, that there's glamour in our career and our career defines us. Like we are what we do. And so... We should live our dreams out and live it vibrantly because when we do that, everyone around us will be like, wow, that person lives vibrantly. They have a vibrant job. They must be a crazy, vibrant, crazy person. Wow, so much mad respect for that person. And it's all just a mirage. What we do is not who we are. I don't have to say, too, that being a baker is not a bad thing. There are, there are some very glamorous bakers out there, right? Like, be, being a baker is, could be a very well-respected job. But that's not your point. You're not passionate about it. My point is, you don't have to be passionate about your job to be a passionate person about life. You don't have to be a passionate person about your job to be a passionate person about your life you just don't. It's about doing things with excellence. I tell my kids this all the time. Guys, do things with excellence. Everything you do. What if if everything that you did from when you wake up to when you go to bed was done with perfection, with excellence? Like from brushing your teeth to making your bed, to, to taking your shirt off of your hanger in your closet and when the hanger pops back up and kind of loops back over the other hanger you stop and you fix it and you correct it and you line it up i'm not talking about weird ocd uh, obsessive compulsive i'm not talking about that i'm talking about doing things with excellence so that you could take pride in those things and and being a baker is a really good example of going in in the morning and you got you got your apron on and you got your workspace completely clean in the morning there's like little crumbs on there maybe from yesterday and you you clean it off and you make that table nice and perfect and you get everything you get your dough all lined up and you go to your oven and there's like smudges there's finger smudges on the buttons of the oven and you get you get a rag and you get that all wiped off and it's just like perfectly crystal clean on the on the the dashboard of the oven right and you get the lights just right and you get your workspace just perfectly set up there's there's something there's a piece of trash crumbled up from somebody else on the floor and you make your way to it and you take that trash and you put it in the garbage and when you go to the garbage it's overflowing a little bit too many people have stacked up garbage and there's overflowing and you take that bag you wrap it up, tie knot in it, take it out to the alley, throw it in the dumpster, come back in and get a fresh bag, and you put it in and it kind of wrinkles up on the side. And you stop and you pause and you push those wrinkles down, pull the lid over, slide the trash can over back to the wall, go back to your workspace. A little crumb has now floated over there. You brush it off. You guys might think I'm crazy. You think I'm crazy but tr- if you've never tried this trying to live live in excellence if you've never tried this it does something to you <laughs> and i'm preaching to myself too guys like I, I don't live i don't live life like this but when i think about it and i try to be present in the moment it's going to really help you to go you know what i'm not passionate about being in a bakery until i started taking pride of being in the bakery. And I started treating every moment with excellence in the bakery. And it changed me. And it changed the way the perception around me was. And my boss quickly noticed it. And it just spills over into everything in your life. And then you get you go outside and you get into your car and, the, and there's stuff on your floorboard and you clean it up, stop at the gas station throw it in the, in the trash right there, wipe off your dashboard. I'm telling y'all that living a life like a monk or a Navy SEAL or a Army General, if you try that, it's crazy how you could take something that could be mundane, like working in a bakery, and all of a sudden become something that's a, a work of art. Living life like an artist. Like a work of art. I went way too long on this, but I think it's important for a lot of things. And meanwhile, while you're doing that, okay, you're you're going home and online, you're pursuing a GED. You might not even use that GED. You're you're a high school dropout until you get that GED, and then you could erase that. And if anyone else is that's listening, that's no big deal. But it's a big deal to Trudy. Trudy brought it up. That's why I'm dealing with it, okay? If it's not a big deal to you and you're in high school dropout, no sweat. But it's a big deal to Trudy. So I want to help wipe that slate clean. So that Trudy could then move on and go, I'm no longer a high school dropout. I'm now a GED graduate. And I also work at a bakery. And I'm starting to really love it. Let's take another question. Hey Granger, I'm a listener from Virginia. I love how I love how you talk on this podcast. How do you know God is talking to you? Because I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life, and I have no clue what to do. I'm a I'm a college student taking general education. Have you talked about this before? What is your advice? Have a good day. Let me go back to this. This comes from Patrick and it says, Patrick's from Virginia. And his question is, how do you know God is talking to you? Because I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life, and I have no clue what to do. I'm a college student taking general education. All right. Um first of all, Patrick, that's just not, it's not, you're you're not in a weird position. You're not alone. You're you're early on in college taking general ed. In, uh, in my school, we called it general studies. And you don't know what you want to do with life. Okay. Then that means you're normal. That means you're a normal college student. Because if any college student tells me right now, hey, I'm a freshman in college and I'm a thousand percent, this is what I'm going to do this field. I'm like, well, that's rare. That's interesting that you say that, and that's rare. So Patrick, you're you're normal. So no worries there. Um, I do think you don't need to ask me, how do you know God is talking to you? Because you're trying to figure out what to do with your life. That's not, you're over, way over-spiritualizing um, something that's just, uh, you you just need to grow up. <laughs> And I don't mean that in a bad way, you just need to let some years need to go by, some experiences need to happen to you and you'll meet some people that you're passionate about, you'll see what they do and you'll go, wow, I never even knew this kind of job existed until I met so-and-so that was a friend of so-and-so and then I saw what they did and it's a really cool thing and it's a really cool job and that interests me and I can get that kind of, I could pursue that kind of degree and like those are things that just happen in life, it just happens. And you don't have to sit here and go, How do you know God's talking to you? So he could tell me what job to take and what major to pursue in college. Instead of worrying about how God is talking to you, I could tell you this. Did you know that God wrote a book? It's called the Bible. It's inspired. Every word is inspired by God himself through 66 different books, through over 40 different authors, through thousands of years of time, a a massive redemption story that God wove like a beautiful tapestry. And through that, his active word, he speaks, he spoke life, he continues to speak life. And when we read it, We could know what God is saying. That's crazy. But it also directly answers your question, how do you know that God is talking to you? I know personally when I open up my Bible. That's how I know for sure. Next question, subject line says, girl issues. Hey, Granger. I am from Wyoming. I recently moved to Utah for school. I met these two awesome girls and since I like them both, I know that sounds bad. I text both of them daily and I find myself laughing at both their texts. I've taken both of them on dates and I have fun with both of them. I know it's not fair to them to keep doing this. Do you have any advice on what to do? Thanks. Question comes from Brennan from Wyoming, a new transplant to Utah dating two girls simultaneously. Brennan, you crazy man, you wild man. Um, okay, me and you ride in the cab of a truck. You bring this up. Hey, Granger, got a problem. I like two girls equally. I text both of them. I date both of them. We have fun. And so right now, you just tell me that. I'm like, well, Brennan, so far, there's not a problem. Shocking. I know that might be shocking to some of y'all. It's not a problem until you start taking it to the next level. Now, there's There's no problem with a guy going out and meeting girls and engaging with them and laughing with them and learning the opposite sex in some sense. The problem is when you start getting intimate, maybe you kiss one of them, Maybe you say some things to one of them, like, I really like you. I could see this going someplace. Uh, I want to be exclusive with you. Um, I could tell you things that I can't tell other people, all the silly things that get said during infatuation moments. When that begins, that's a problem. I don't know necessarily if if this has happened yet. Something tells me it hasn't yet. You, all you've said is you like them both. You text them both daily. You laugh at both of them and you've taken them both on dates. What it does mean, here's what it does mean. I'm just like process of elimination from the little information that I know. What it does mean is that neither one of them are grabbing your attention enough to block out the other one. And you got to admit One of them should, right? If you're in a situation where you like two girls at the same time and you text both of them and you're dating both of them and you're wondering which one to go with, the answer is always neither because neither one of them are gaining your attention enough to block out the other one, meaning neither of them are good enough. But it could develop over time with one if you have an honest conversation. So it's going to come down to an honest conversation. Whenever it starts increasing, you don't have to do it now. It's just only when this starts to get to the level of intimacy or saying saying nice little sweet things late at night on the telephone, when it gets to that point, it's like, uh-oh, I need to, I need to be completely clear and say, um... I'm also seeing another girl named Sarah, and we're kind of, we've are we been on a couple dates and I text her too. I don't think that's going to go over too well. <laughs> I'm just saying. And if, if you think it's not going to go over too well, that's a red flag that you've gone too far. If you can confidently say, I've been seeing uh, this girl kind of going out and uh, I text her too, um, same as I do with you. If you could say that in some kind of situation where there's... N- when they're like, oh, cool, well, actually, okay, here, here's, a. I just thought of this. Here's another example. If you say that in a casual setting, and they say, oh, yeah, well, there's this guy named Mark, I actually have been kind of seeing this guy named Mark too, and texting. And so yeah, no big deal. It, how does that make you feel? A, that's a good test. If you're, if you're like, start burning up inside, you're like, who's Mark? What do you mean, Mark? Uh-oh, because there's a problem. What if both of them did, what if does one of them, would one of them have that effect on you and not the other one? Like if one of them was seeing Mark and messaged you about that, would you be more mad than you would with the other one? Or is it equal? Regardless, buddy, this is just, uh, this is heading, this is heading to a very messy place. It might not be there yet, but it could be heading towards a messy situation unless right now you start opening up. or. Your other option is cut it off with one immediately. Like you go to the one and you say, "Um, I need to tell you that I actually started dating a girl and it's only fair to her and you that I don't text you anymore because I think it's inappropriate to be dating a girl and texting another one. It's not an easy thing but you've kind of gotten yourself in a little bit of a sticky situation. And I think I just want to say again that I think generally speaking it's not it's not a bad idea that you got here. You just need to know where this is going. You're 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 driving your car potentially towards a bridge that is out. And so it's, it's going to be time to take the detour, but you don't want to get to the point when the road to the detour is no longer available and you have to hit the bridge. Okay. So right now you see a potential problem. It's time to get old maps out here and, and reroute. Okay. I appreciate you guys. And if you have any edit question for me, email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com